Welcome back to Trending Education. Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer, and myself, Dan Strafford. On, on today's episode, we're going to talk about interactive video and interactive media and the Bandersnatch movie from Netflix as our kickoff point. But as always, want to check in with Brandon and Mike first. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I want to make sure uh, you don't like get a case of the giggles, Dan, because like you you normally are 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 smooth like uh, like spreadable butter, but uh, but today you had to do the open a couple times. So I just want to make sure you know we're here for you. Is I what I want to let let you know. And, it, and if this were like an interactive podcast, right? Uh, you know, right now you could choose. Uh, we all get a case of the giggles. And then, and then the whole show is going to go off the rails. But it's not that. Nope. We're talking about Bandersnatch. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, we st- I'm still early, uh, early daddy zone in my mind. But, uh, but yeah, um, the the media stuff. Uh, Netflix uh, also raising their uh, price. True. Uh, interestingly, so uh, maybe we'll get more interactive video to justify the the ten to fifteen percent uh, price hike. But uh, no, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Excited for this conversation. And uh, you look at the price hike, mainly attributed, they said, to password sharing. So that's another road to go down, obviously, from a media consumption perspective at some point on this podcast. Brandon, how are you? I'm well. I guess it depends on which ending of me you get. Uh, We'll we'll (laughs) tell you how well I'm doing. But uh, I'm excited. I like this. uh, I like this not just Bandersnatch, although I'm excited to talk about the actual uh, media experience that is Bandersnatch, but about this. Uh, interactive media um, genre and uh, where I, I see some of this going and um, you know what we're going to learn along the way. Yeah, I think we'll obviously hit on the education purposes here. Uh, uh, choose your own adventure style learning and how that may play and what media is out there and even as a learning company ourselves, uh, what, what we have on the horizon. Um, also should make mention that uh, Choose Your Own Adventure, the publisher, uh, has sued Netflix. Uh, over this uh, movie, Bandersnatch, for $25 million or for all the profits, which I find a very interesting uh, change in, in the language there. But uh, they have said that it hurts their brand. Uh, now, Netflix never used the um, Choose Your Own Adventure brand in marketing. But they do mention it, Mike, a couple of times in the movie itself. Um, so maybe we start at the top about interactive media, Mike, and, and what we think of it, how it's uh, grown over the past couple of years. And then how Netflix really latched on here and, and created Bandersnatch. So from your perspective, what does interactive media mean? How, how do we use it and what, uh, what is it out in the world right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's rather than um, like linear uh, storylines, it's, it's more nonlinear in that like the, the user, the viewer, the learner can uh, make decisions, choose between options, and then based on those actions, uh, the the next video sequ- in the sequence in the storyline is going to be different. Uh, and um, that opens up a lot of opportunities uh, for, um, for branching and for uh, different, uh, different stories to exist within the same uh, larger piece. Uh, and that's very similar to the Choose Your Own Adventure books uh, which were really popular, uh, I think, in the the 80s, right? Yeah. 70s into the, the, did they start in the late 70s, something like that? And then- We had a lot of them in our house, yeah. It was late 70s into the 80s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, based on based on when they appeared in, in the Stratford household. Absolutely correct. Yes, yes. yes. exactly. The size exactly. of one is always yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those were fun. And they interestingly, those also came online right around when like role-playing games were taking off too. So like those were all like, 
late 70s into the 80s, like there was some um, almost like uh, imaginative, open-ended storytelling, open-ended uh, content, um, which was really just for print or for, uh, in the case of role-playing games, it was more um, uh, almost like improv, like it was a, a conversation that uh, folks would have that would sort of explore different opportunities. Uh, in the case of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, you would have the dungeon master who would right. uh, sort of organize uh, the narrative. Uh, and then in the case of uh, Choose Your Own Adventure, you would read through and then it would tell you which pages to go to. And now um, we've seen uh, this now begin to emerge as a video format. Uh, we also talked to Polestring, uh, Michael Fitzpatrick from Polestring last year uh which was more about interactive audio uh which is uh, is another interesting angle on this because you know we've talked in the past about how text and audio uh are in some ways very similar formats but um but yeah that's sort of the the foundation uh the the background did i miss anything brandon anything uh uh you would want to add in terms of the, the the back the backstory the 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 genesis of all this if you will no, I think you got it. Um, just a couple other ads to add. Um, apparently in the original Choose Your Own Adventure series, which, which just some quick fact checking uh, con confirms, it's 1979 to 1998, but really 1979 to 1988 was uh, when it was at its uh, sort of peak. Uh, 250 million copies of those books sold during that time, which wow. is, that's a lot. Uh, yeah. When you consider sort of the, uh, the, the demo that this is um, uh, targeted towards were, seven to 14 year olds, um, uh, often boys, um, though not only. Um, and, and in fact, sometimes the protagonist is uh, unnamed sort of, you know, it's, it's you, it's the reader, right? So it's, I guess, always unnamed, but, but not gender specific, et cetera. But uh, in illustrations, it was often, often a boy. But um, uh, in those initial, initial series, there were in these books as many as 44 different endings. Oh. Uh, though not always that number in Bandersnatch, which we'll get back to in a second, there are ten apparently mm. ah. endings. Um, but yeah, the the thing that to me is interesting, and and we should figure out, we can choose our own adventure. What the two of you can real time here choose whether we go to talk about Bandersnatch next or or more about the genre here. It's it's different. Um, you know, reading a choose your own adventure book is not like reading a regular book. It's not just that it doesn't the reading doesn't proceed linearly but the experience is not one of just sort of, you know, sort of passively consuming and then, you know, being thoughtful. I don't think that reading is only a passive experience, but you're sort of being led down a narrative arc that's created by someone else and you're just consuming that. Right. There is a, an active thinking part that is different or at least purposefully triggered in a choose your own adventure book. And I found the same thing mm -hmm. watching Bandersnatch. It's not really watching TV. It's not, like interactive TV is not even the right thing because TV specifically, or at least for me, evokes a kind of media consumption experience that is very different when it's interactive. Mm -hmm. uh, so there, I think there's like, there's a new category here, just like choose your own adventure books. When people hear that people, especially alive in the, in the eighties understand that was a very different, I'm making air quotes here, reading experience. Yep. Um, than a reading a typical book. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think more on either of those things we could, uh, we can talk about. Yeah, I would, I would choose the, the more abstract, like high level stuff. And the, just in case folks haven't, uh, 
haven't done Bandersnatch, and we can save that for the end when we can get into more like any any of that, like any of the spoiler related stuff. Because yep. because I I think what you're getting at, uh, Brandon, is is really interesting. Um, it's part of why I think of it as interactive media is the format as opposed to uh, uh, like interactive TV. Because uh, uh, I I do think uh, it's not too dissimilar from text on a screen like almost like um, Infocom games from back in the day too, where like you would read text, enter a command and yep. then see, see new text on the screen. That also in a way is interactive media. Uh, and it, it, I would almost argue, although I don't know if I'm ready to get there, uh, I almost argue that the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books are interactive media. And then the I would say, yeah, I would agree. media format is print, but, um, but that's a, uh, that I think is an interesting idea. And then obviously when you start thinking about that idea as it relates to learning, um, uh, it opens up a lot of interesting conversations around instructional design and uh, engagement, um, particularly in a world where people are multitasking all the time um, to be forced to drive the action. Right. You can't really tune out. It, like the, the story stops when you tune out. Um, although it was interesting in Bandersnatch more in the abstract level that it's almost time-based where like exactly. you, make the, you make the decision uh, and if you don't make the move fast enough, the move gets made for you. Yep. Um, I thought that was interesting too because that does analogize more to standardized test taking where like the clock's ticking and in some ways, you know, the decision velocity in some ways is almost as important as making the right decision. Like if you, if you take too long to make a decision, it's actually problematic. But um, yeah, there's a lot to dig into um, in terms of interactive media and its implications for learning, its implications for, uh, for entertainment. Um, but I would say maybe I would vote, uh, this is a linear thing, but I would opt for let's stay on that first uh, and then get, uh, get Frumius uh, get Frumius at the end. Yeah, I think let's let's do that. That sounds good. I, you know, just the the experience I had, um, and we'll save the actual talk about the content until later. But it was one where I I knew what it was, so I wasn't like surprised when I had this experience. But I sat down for what was a you know a, a TV watching Netflix watching session and uh, was dissatisfied with my experience because I had totally. to lean in. Yeah, the process in a way that I wouldn't if I were just watching a movie. And so, although like from a from a learning and education and podcast co-host uh, perspective, I was really activated by the by the media form format. Um, it was an, a less pleasant experience from what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know that that's where I think this is such a different category, interactive media that. You know, I'm imagining if Netflix continues to, and I, I imagine they will, because I think there's there's an interesting conversation to, to have about Netflix and you know big data and and et cetera here. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I I imagine this is like in a different. They're gonna need to call these kinds of experiences out differently, maybe using different language. Uh, yes. Brandon, what? How, how did you watch? Like, did you watch on what device? Did you watch on? I watched through my PS4 okay. on my TV. Because that's um, I watched on my computer. And I, I watched, so I was clicking with my mouse, which I think was probably a better experience than using a controller or a Roku remote or something along those lines. I, I don't know because I didn't watch in both places, but mm -hmm. I, I had sort of the sense of 
interacting with my computer while watching it, like that I was using a computer program as opposed to watching TV, as opposed to that. So, yeah, that's interesting. The, the thing that I thought was interesting about the experience I had, so the PS4 controller, PlayStation 4 controller has a, like a rumble pack, mm-hmm. I think they call it. Yep. And so it, what's, what's interesting is um, I think specifically for the genre of this particular movie, which was a thriller, let's call yeah, it. Yeah, right. Um, they probably put it in some, some other categories too, but um, that was additive because you know you didn't know when these these interactive points, these decision points, these branches were going to come up, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you know you got this this rumble in the jungle there. You got like this uh, this rumble pack like rumbling on. It was sitting on the couch next to me, but you could feel it. There was like a haptic experience uh, along with um, uh, the the visual one. So yeah, I, I get it. It, it was. I could see how watching it on a computer would make it feel like, oh, this is an interactive thing that I'm engaging with right. just like I do on my computer all the time versus the TV as, mm-hmm. as thing delivering this. But um, that was interesting too. I, yeah, I think I you, mean, okay, Mike. Well, yeah. F- f- interestingly for us, like our Apple TV wasn't interactive. So it was linear if we did it through the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. So we wound up, um, you know, casting to the TV from uh, Robin's laptop where she was driving the interaction that way. But it, but I liked, I liked where you guys were going too. Just to, it reminds me of, uh, you know, the concept of contextual inquiry around, uh, you know, user research where mm-hmm. like, depending on the context, the way you're, you're sort of anchored with, like if it's on your PS4, you're thinking of it as like a gaming experience. But if it's more on your smart TV, it's more like a, a media experience. Right. Um, although I think Brandon, you, if I remember right, you were saying you, you watch like, uh, Netflix and stuff through your PS4 as well. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. So like maybe it is a little, uh, there's just a lot to understand around that too. Cause now like so much, uh, is open that the user will almost find her path to get to the interactive experience, or I guess you could just watch it linearly, which I never, I didn't do either. You know, like That's- what, what, I think that's an interesting question too of people who didn't interact, you know, who just let it to Brendan's point or to your point, Mike, about Apple TV. If you didn't answer the questions in time, it chose for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So how how did people go about doing that? I think that's an interesting maybe psychology discussion, like making the active choice to not choose and letting it run on its own. Um, Mike, you made the point about big data. I think that's an intriguing road to go down of the interaction points, right? What are they learning from the choices we're making and what are they getting from us from a data point? But before we even get there, Mike, I want to ask you, you made the, the statement there that you watched with uh, Robin. You watched with your, your viewing partner. Yeah. That's an intriguing thing too because you had to make choices together. You right. had, like the interaction points, you had to agree Right. Um, to, to, was that an interesting experience in and of itself of, of having to choose with someone else what path you were going down? Would you have preferred to watch it on your own? Uh, not really. I mean, like we were in the first week of uh, parenthood. So like we were both uh, semi-conscious on the couch while the baby was napping. So like, I, I think we needed both of us to just get through, get through the experience. Although what was interesting too was like we were going back, like I think almost everyone who views it like goes back just much right. like when you're reading the choose your own adventure books, you go back and you try to get different outcomes. Um, that got pretty boring pretty fast. We were kind of like, cause I mean more, and I, I think we're getting a little more into Bandersnatch itself. Like I just didn't find the narrative compelling enough, you know, and it, it just felt darker. So bad. Yeah. It was just dark and not compelling. There wasn't really anyone that I was rooting for that much. Like, cause like, 
even if it was more genericized you, I would have gotten behind that, but I actually right. didn't really like the main character and I liked all the supporting characters even less. And, uh, and even the options, they were all like, you know, do you want to like, do you want to like jump, jump right. off the balcony right. or, or take like- Take someone crazy. else's life. Yeah, it's like, why are these the only options that are presented? Like, could I just like have a sandwich? Like, how about, <laughs> how about give me an option? Can I go back to the painting on the wall? The painting on the wall was very interesting. Let me go back to have, that. Want to have a sandwich? Yeah. Um, but Brent, I think that's an interesting point about the experience overall and whether people will come back to it. Right. The the narrative itself, the story, was kind of mass. So we we appreciate it from a, a media perspective and from an experience perspective, but. If you miss the mark with the actual content, that's going to be a struggle for people to want to interact with it multiple times, to do the different pathways, to, to come back to it again and show someone else that experience. That seems like a really difficult task to write a, a story in this genre. Yeah, it, it is. And it's to write and cast and direct and act. You know, there are some other things that I thought were interesting. So the average experience, the average runtime for the show is 90 minutes. Mm -hmm you can get to one of the 10 endings um, in 40 minutes, right. uh, depending on the choices that you make. And there's a total of 312 minutes of recorded uh, wow. time. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, depending on your replay, obviously you could watch, I, I suppose, infinitely long if you uh, went through all of the different permutations and then redid them. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was reading about how when they were filming it, you know, the actors have to, they know when the branch points are going to come, but they have to, with their body language, right. um, you know, they, they have to not signal which choice is going to be made before mm. that actual choice point. And so that, that's hard. Um, mm -hmm. And when you think about content production and there's a, there's a um, Kaplan thing in here that I would talk about at some point, we have a, a product called interact where it's a mm -hmm. series of essentially branches um, yep, yep. the same sort of thing. Like you have to, to produce something that for any given student will take X time to run through. You have to produce, you know, four or five X that amount of content mm -hmm. um, so that you can cover all those different branches. And so when you think about, you know, casting or directing, uh, producing, especially this movie and the, the budget, um, it's, you know, it's, it's four X, almost four X, the size of a regular movie, even though it's experiences is one mm -hmm. X. And so got to get the person who's going to be able to make, make the right faces. You got to get the, you know, have a, have a cast that's compelling enough to go back and watch multiple different times. I, I would agree, Mike, with your point in this specific movie. I, I, I didn't like, I wasn't in love with the protagonist story. So, um, you know, those are, those are big implications for if you're going to try to make a, an interactive media experience like this is what you're committing to on the, on the front end, on the production end. Yeah, I, I, I like where you're going also around big data and like the, the, the information exchange that happens with each interaction where like in some ways the learner or the user is providing their information by engaging. Yep. And, and in exchange, they should be given value. And I just think when you're watching Bandersnatch for the 12th time and you still don't like it, like you're not actually getting a lot of additional value from that exchange. But that's also because like, I don't know if there were learning objectives around each interaction point where like, where we want to help the learner reach this insight or understand this, this concept. And then we're gonna assess whether, whether she did or didn't and then 
deliver different instruction based on how they responded. I think the learning exchange is a more um, natural one where like, um, I think you actually are providing different types of uh, information based on what the learner is exposing about uh, where, where she actually is engaging with the content. So like, I agree with you on the, the production uh, cost side, particularly for entertainment, interactive entertainment media, but I think interactive learning media um, really has been around for, for quite some time, um, going back to the old CD-ROM days. But, uh, but it's interesting to see how, as these formats mature in um, like the entertainment media and gaming, how we can start to explore leveraging those platforms and capabilities uh, for, for learning products like the Interact products that you're describing, uh, Brandon, which really are, um, they, they deliver on this. Uh, and I think it's that same idea too, where like if the viewing experience is a lean in, um, in some ways learning has to be that, you know? Right. So like, if you're, if you're expect to just turn the learning engine on and just watch it for, you know, 12 hours and come out meaningfully better, um, you're not going to get as much out of it as if those 12 hours were broken up into, you know, three to five minute chunks. And then you're actually sort of charting your own path through, through what's been designed for you. Um, I, that that's why this stuff does really get me excited that and, and the Lewis Carroll angle, obviously, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, it was interesting. They, um, uh, they end up having to use twine, I guess it was a, a video game construction uh, um, product, you know, instead of just storyboarding it, cause they had so many of these branches to keep them all straight. They had to use something that would be more, typically applied in another industry. And mm -hmm. I think the same sort of thing. I mean, we use an Adobe product, but, you know, to, to mm -hmm. build Interact. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, the thing that's, in, that's interesting for me with Interact is because it's video, there's video of the instructors right. on your screen, mm -hmm. uh, like Stefan and Colin or whomever from Bandersnatch, like you are, I mean, you're not, you're not getting them to jump off of a balcony, thankfully, but right, they, right. Your, your inputs are then yielding different video outcomes, which I think is, is interesting and interesting mm -hmm. clarity. I would totally agree. Like learning, which obviously is what we care about, um, you know, at, at least as much as and arguably more than uh, entertainment. Although entertainment is real good. Yeah. Um, but the, the learning side is, is ripe for this kind of lean in engagement, right? Interaction. And that I think the exchange of, of information and value, Mike, that you laid out is really, is really right on. Mm -hmm. a, a learner, especially who shows where she is relative to the content, can get content delivered back to her that is specific to her ability. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a real clear value exchange. It's, it's maybe less clear. And in Bandersnatch, um, there was a couple of times when I guess you got to choose a soundtrack. So right. like uh, that, was, that was nice. Um, mm -hmm. Like you're choosing also between Frosties and with sugar puffs or whatever like that that's only sort of interesting but the the getting your getting your own music to it is pretty cool mm -hmm. it was enjoyable the thompson twins was one of the choices I remember that at the, the beginning uh it's hold funny me, after hold, hold me now right yep. i mean yeah yeah uh it was interesting that it was set in the early 80s to as mike you just said when the choose your own adventure craze sort of well, craze the, the the real height of it was was happening so i think a nod there uh we can talk a little bit more about Bandersnatch in a little bit. I wanted to ask you, Brandon, 
about the lean in aspect. You said it was a, a less, uh, it wasn't as good an experience for you from a media consumption perspective because you sat down wanting to watch television, a broadcast model. You know, you get to consume by watching and you sort of are sitting. Uh, Mike, you were just talking about the interactive points of uh, learning. So Brandon, do you see interactive media in this way as a improvement upon linear video instruction to a user? Does it force maybe a little bit more attention and a little bit more leaning in that may not happen in a linear aspect of watching a lecture and then trying to retain the, the knowledge? Yeah, I, I don't know. So it depends on what the job to be done is, right? So if the, the job to be done for me for most um, you know, television and, and um, you know, television like movie, et cetera, Netflix consumption is to let me just chill, yep. right? So like I, and not, not the television consumption and chill. I mean, just like to let me relax. It is uh, Netflix. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I see what, I see what I did there. But like, um, you know, to, to let me have an experience where I can be leaned back. I can right. consuming a broadcast model. So is, was Bandersnatch or, or the like better for me mm -hmm. in that way? No, it did, didn't do as well the job to be, the job I had hired it to do. I hired that TV program to let me have a certain kind of posture relative to the, to the media mm -hmm. and Bandersnatch didn't let me do that. Um, mm -hmm. I also felt like I, I know that they, it would choose for me if I didn't choose. I was incapable of letting it choose for me, so that may speak about something about me. <laughs> But I think that you know, <laughs> this is where, like, I think if Netflix, imagine fast, like, let's say this works and they're able to monetize the data they collect and this is a new revenue stream for them and they produce a hundred of these rather than one of these. I can imagine there being another place in Netflix where you would go for, you know, where it serves up interactive movies or, sure. you know, whatever they end up calling it. That's mm -hmm. one of the sort of rows on your banner stream of, of choices. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine people who would, select for an interactive uh, media experience knowing what they were going to get and they would be hiring it to do a different job. Mm -hmm. so I think in that case, um, that could be better. And certainly for uh, learning and engagement and leaned in, like I was, I was leaned forward, literally, I could feel that I had a different posture in watching this. Um, and uh, I, I think that would be different and would be better for, for a different, uh, you know, for a different job. Yeah. Uh, could be a better format. Yeah, I'm thinking even, uh, you know, commuting, which is a typical context for me to consume content, like to have to deal with interactive, like for me, the, the subway in New York is interactive enough. Like I don't need, <laughs> I don't need my content to be interactive on top of that. So like, smell vision just by being on the subway. <laughs> exactly. Talk about 5B. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, but and, and similarly, I think, Brandon, there are times where like, let's say you have to make a lot of decisions in your life all the time you don't want to then like, you're like, this is my life. I'm dealing, I mean, hopefully not the kinds of decisions that Bandersnatch Bander is kind right. of dark in case uh, you haven't seen it or gleaned that from us. But, uh, but still just like having to make high stakes decisions is something that can get exhausting. And right. then when you just want to relax and enjoy some content. Um, that's why like long form podcasts, for example, are, are becoming more uh, interesting to me at least where like, I can just turn it on even at variable speed and like, I don't have to make a decision about the content I'm consuming. It's also sure. why the, the autoplay of YouTube is also, you know, a, a, same thing uh, even in, um, you know, uh, Netflix where like you, the next episode starts. So like, I just have to make the first decision to start this 
chain of uh, content, the stream of content that comes at me. And I don't really have to be making decisions, decisions, decisions. That's part of, I just need time to like shut off the decision-making part of my mind. Um, that's a really interesting perspective. I hadn't really thought of it that way, but I think that is an interesting um, context. And, uh, and I think it'd be difficult to design effectively for both the default linear being as good as it could be and then also allowing for the, the the variability of good interactive. I feel like you almost would need to choose a path for the content that you're trying to deliver. Uh, maybe there's a separate version that you do entirely that is more linear. But um, but yeah, I I think that's that's really uh, that's really interesting. I know we're we're going long on this one. Um, you know, uh, when do we talk about Lewis Carroll? Because I, I do want to be able to talk about Lewis Carroll. But we, we can try to sl slide it in. So I, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think it should be now. Now? Did you did you memorize Jabberwocky? I did as a kid. And That's I, incredible. And I was, yeah, well, because Jabberwocky, the poem, uh, is by Lewis Carroll, the guy who wrote uh, Alice in Wonderland, like famous uh, British uh, uh, poet, really. Uh, and um, yeah, so I loved it because Jabberwocky was, is famous for him just inventing words, you know? So he wrote a lot of his uh, stuff for his... Uh, I think his niece, Alice, right? Like he had like a, a, like he was basically children's stories, but like he wanted to just have fun while writing the poem Jabberwocky. And uh, a large proportion of the, the words in Jabberwocky are made up. And uh, many of them since Jabberwocky have now become words. So like Jabberwocky invented a ton of words like chortle, uh, galumph, I think is now a word. Uh, there's probably words in there that Mimsy, Mimsy should be a word, right? It sounds like whimsy. I think like, uh, yes, but it's, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's, it's very interesting. He was also, um, uh, I know him as Charles Lutwidge Dodson. Oh, um, so I, I don't, uh, that's Dodgson. Make sure that I enunciate that well. Um, I don't know who this Lewis Carroll is that you're talking about, uh, nom de plume, but, yes. um, he was a, a mathematician too. Right. So like mm -hmm. that, I think that's present in his, um, literally wordplay, nonsensical, uh, fashion, yeah. uh, that, that comes out too. Right, right, right. So, so can I try to recite it from memory? I haven't gone back and memorized I, it yet. Ready? I'm intrigued. Yes. Go and, for it. and can someone fact check me? Cause I'm probably going to get them wrong. Yeah. Just so the, just so our listeners know, Mike is just definitely reading from a screen right now. So <laughs> he's going to like, he's going to like, there's gonna be times when he's going to pause to see like, as if he's trying to recall it, um, but uh, he's just straight reading from the screen. But go, go, go ahead. Right, one other quick note on Jabberwocky. Uh, Monty Python made something, a, a film called, uh, I think it was Jabberwock or maybe Jabberwocky, yeah, uh, but, uh, but another one too. So like while you're in the whole genre. So Twas Brillig and the Slithy Toves did Gyre and Gimble in the Wave. All Mimsy were the Borogroves and the Momrats outgrave. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jubjub bird and shun the frumious bandersnatch. He took his vorpal sword. That's jumping ahead. Is that right? He took his vorpal sword. That's, and, that's right. Okay. He took his vorpal sword in hand. Long time the manxome foe he sought. So rested he by the tum-tum tree and stood a while in thought. And as in uffish thought he stood, the Jabberwock with eyes of flame came whiffling through the Tolji wood and burgled as it came. 
one, two, through and through. His vorpal blade went snicker snack. Snicker snatch? I don't know. He hey, left hey, it. You're good. You're good. Back. Keep going. He left it dead, and with its head, he went galumphing back. Uh, and then, then what happens? I need, I need, I need a And hast thou slain? And hast thou slain the Jabberwock, my son? Oh, Frabjus Day, Kalu Kalay. No, no, am I totally off? Yeah, yeah right? come to my arms, my Beamish son. My Beamish, my Beamish, Beamish, Beamish boy. Beamish boy, Beamish is another wonderful word. All right, this is... Uh, uh, oh, Frabjus Day, Kalu Kalay, he chortled yeah. in his joy. Yeah, yeah. And then the and last then stanza, twas, yeah. Twas Brillig again? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So I, go, I mean, I, I, I'm going to just honor code, but I wasn't reading that. And uh, I remember reciting that. It was probably like seventh grade or so. But like, Pretty good. It's good, yeah. good recall. Yeah, yeah, still in there. But I feel like, you know, I, I didn't know you as a seventh grader, but uh, I have as a younger adult and less young adult. And um, I, I think that the word, like wordplay, yes. that, that's something that you like. I, I like that too and like that you like it i like that yeah. about you um yeah, yeah i can see how like seventh grade mike palmer oh my um, god with his corduroy pants that you've made the sounds of what what yeah what it sounded like when you would walk uh could uh, could really like the it, it, that was your jabberwock as you uh, it's in true, corduroy and, pants. And, and that was Aww. probably when i was i was reading <laughs> choose your own adventures back then and if yeah. they had and i was playing dungeons and dragons and if they had a Jabberwocky choose your own adventure, I would totally do Man. it. You know, plus like choose your own adventure, they should just make interactive media, right? I mean, wouldn't people eat that up? I mean, just uh, it, yeah, it's surprising. Yeah, it's surprising they're not. Know? I as you guys were talking about, it's uh, something I've done recently. I don't know if you've ever uh, participated in Escape the Room, the wow. uh, yes. the game. Almost struck me as a little bit Every of a choose your own life, Dan. <laughs> A little bit of a choose-your-own-adventure. Obviously, there's a linear way out, but you can jump from certain sections, certain sections, and in, in certain iterations of it. Um, so almost a real-life uh, example of it. We have run a little long here. We haven't talked a ton about the movie itself, other than I think all three of us agree that the, the content itself was not all that appealing. Um, I did appreciate, and talked to Mike about this before it started, Brandon, uh, appreciate sort of the fourth wall breaking uh, where they talked about you know, being in control and not feeling as though you're making your own choices. And then uh, there is a very specific Netflix moment in it uh, where you can make certain choices to have Netflix appear in the, in the uh, process. It just got too much for me. Like it got to a point where it was almost that felt like the only reason they made the movie was to make these jokes. Uh, any other content or, or movie uh, reviews here for you, Brandon, or thoughts on uh, maybe what could be better about this sort of medium moving forward? Yeah, it's it's hard um, to say. I the Netflix, the breaking the fourth wall, and the Netflix as in control of the character moment was um, pretty polarizing. Some people really liked that, and some people really didn't like that. Yep. So I thought that was that was interesting. Um, you know, I think about the choose your own adventure books. Like I don't remember any of them being sort of great lit pieces of literature. <laughs> sure. Right. So I, I think that's actually is a challenge that you'd have. Um, not that a great writer, she, he couldn't write something in a choose your own adventure style, but like the, um, you know, the having to produce 312 minutes to get a 40 minute run through for most people, like that's, that is probably going to select away from sort of uh, certain types of authors, auteurs, right? right. So like it's, it may be that, 
interactive media in the form of something that you'd watch like a Bandersnatch is always going to be not as great as, you know, the sure. best produced hour of Game of Thrones or of, you know, of whatever, of, of whatever other movie that Netflix would produce. Um, I don't know that to be necessarily true, but that wouldn't surprise me if those things were more causal than just correlated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I liked it. You, that, that's the other thing. I think that the protagonist is more important maybe in this than in any other kind of experience. You talked about it in Choose Your Own Adventure books. It's you. And, you know, you like you. Um, but uh, if the protagonist is going to be the one who you're trying to direct to the outcomes that you're interested in seeing, and you have to see that same scene over and over and over and over again, um, I, you really want that person to be compelling and well cast. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was, it was so-so. Yeah, I, I agree. I also, I feel like the genre might be wrong too, right? So like if it was more of an adventure, and like you're, there's risks to be taken and there's, there's wild explorations to have happen. Um, I think that lends itself more to this format as opposed to like a moody suspense thing about a game designer. Um, although I do think, um, to your point, Brandon, about writing, uh, I do think unlike uh, like novelists, for example, uh, game designers think this way. And I do think designing media experiences and in many ways even the cutscenes from a lot of like you know a lot of the more uh narrative oriented uh games that are out there are very similar to uh to what you could see in interactive video and um i think i I felt similarly because i I think i'm going to mention you guys mosaic was something uh that uh soderbergh uh, Steven Soderbergh did on, it was also on uh, HBO uh, maybe six months or a year ago. Uh, and it just, the content, it was like Sharon Stone and a murder mystery. And it was kind of like, you know, it's fine if there's a lot of suspense, but like instead it was more like, like it's about the acting and the characterization. And I'm like, don't make it interactive then. Just if, I'm, if I want get, to get immersed in something, just make it linear. And then if you want me to be able to choose my path, make it, uh, make it more imaginative and, and adventurous and exploratory. Cause like that, that would be probably a little bit more fun. And that's more like what good game, like, you know, I think about like, um, like Rockstar games or uh, um, like even Call of Duty or Gears of War, like those games all have sort of a narrative that unfolds based on how you are interacting. And um, you know, those, those formats really have been around for like 30 years now, you know? So like people are getting really expert in that aspect of the design. So it is interesting to, to think about the intersection between the sort of the media side and the gaming side and how this interactive media maybe sits somewhere in the middle. Um, but I think there's probably a lot more to be learned from gaming. Cause I think it's, we're giving more to like the auteur director to kind of create this interactive media thing where if you give it to like a game designer, they'd probably make it more fun. You know, yeah, I thought an interesting thing about the format and uh, absolutely on the game design piece, and that really like the I and not surprisingly, the content of this was a lot about video game design, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about actually not you know in the content that was produced to be consumed, but the production of it used this game, um, this product designed for game design. Um, but it's uh, it's interesting the format right so the the medium um when you're choosing your own adventure 
and you like you flip forward to page 44 and it's like you know you you got eaten by the shark and you're like man i actually wanted to make a different choice when you go back you don't like reread at length the chapter that got you at decision point you just find which the page was so you know they they tried to do a version i thought it was clever what they did so mm-hmm. when you went back, it would do like a fast run. And the further, further back you had gone, the faster run it would go. Right. Yeah. But then you would get to the scene that immediately preceded your different choice. And you have to watch the whole thing again. And that was, right. that's a little, um, it's a little stultifying. Like it's, it's, it's just not that great. Mm-hmm. And especially when you compare that to the form factor of like thumbing through a book, which is super mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, digital in its own way. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I thought that was interesting. I, I also did want to mention this isn't uh, Bandersnatch, but um, Magic Door. I don't know if you've Magic Doored. That's uh, the new Alexa product. Ah. That is a like a it's a choose your own adventure game that you can play with Alexa. Uh-huh. So um, and there's I don't know twelve different paths or something that you can take, and there's gnomes and wizards and princesses and. Mm-hmm seashore and mountains and it's so it is that has that adventure spirit but it's done you know not in print obviously it's done with natural language processing um i think that's pretty neat too mm-hmm. uh, i there's definitely something here there's a lot for education already uh, to your mm-hmm. point there's lots in gaming for sure which is maybe a little further afield than this podcast but there's some interesting stuff ahead i think in in media um non-learning media that's intended to to sort of intersect with this engagement piece in lots of different forms. And I'm interested to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. I think uh, one other place this will intersect with eventually is uh, AR, VR. So uh, augmented and virtual reality, how do those fit in with choose your own adventure? And to Mike's point, I think it's a great point about the gaming aspect, like game designers and, and sort of the, uh, uh, the open uh, ecosystem you see in a lot of gaming now, no longer finite. You can sort of just have this ongoing game how does that play here as well? Uh, a great discussion, one that did run a little longer uh, and probably stayed a, a further away from the movie itself. Um, I would also say it's interesting to see Black Mirror do this because they've been so good with so much that this feels like a, a little disjointed for them, a little bit off the beaten path. I know they tried to make it that suspenseful sort of cyber stuff and, and all that. I just didn't think it hit the mark from their brand and, and sort of the way they've been doing their show. But uh, intrigued to see what uh, Black Mirror has in the future as well as they continue to talk about digital and data and all of those different things. Uh, great content from Mike and Brandon. As always, you find us uh, on trendingandeducation.com. Find us on Twitter at Trending and Ed. Same on Facebook. We have an episode every Tuesday released. You can find us directly on podbean.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of those places you subscribe. Be sure to share us with a friend, a colleague, a teacher you might know, uh, and be sure to share us on social media. Uh, with that said, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Trending in Education. 